Listen up, Sydney. There's a new kid in town. Mick Malloy has come to play with the big boys. And there's no bigger boy than the king of the West, the Wild Panther, MG. So buckle up. This is going to be one hell of a ride. Mick and MG in the morning. (laughs) What could go wrong? Hello, Sydney. Let's get up and at them for another week. Hi, Cat. Hey, MG. How are we all? Bloody fantastic. I miss you guys. I miss you guys on the weekend. Really, you know, you've become such a big part of my lives. Well, you sent through some nice photos. You you had a great weekend, so it looks, uh, you know. Dick pics. Well, yeah, that's the... You're getting. I, I, I seem to know when you're having a few drinks because of my phone tings and what comes through of it. I, I love you, going. MG. <laughs> yep. Oh, you're such a great bloke. Hey, uh, I'm really wrapped it's because the, the tennis is finally over. <laughs> Did you watch any of it? Not no. a minute. No, I started tuning in just to watch the ball boys work for free. That was the thing that I got. This is. You know what? I might contact a few of them, see if they want to come around and do some stuff at my house for nothing. <laughs> Hey, you reckon? Bit of yard work. Ball boys, imagine that. We want you to stay up till four in the morning, but we're not going to pay you. And we want you to mop the court with a towel. Yeah. Our, and you've got to be treated like shit by tennis players. Where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you do, Kat? I went to the Kings game last night. I take my whole family. It's a family. Yeah, yeah right. And we have a great time at the basketball. Did so. they just have a, well, have a ball? They had a ball. I think they have the best entertainment for kids children I have ever seen. So I took my 10-year-old boys to Melbourne Phoenix game. Yep. And yep. they they came out, they covered them in merch. The boys sat there, they're watching dances, they're watching mm-hmm. mascots. There's, there's some crazy music going on. There's cameras floating around. It's, it was like sensory overload for them. And they are absolutely into it. They cannot wait to go back again. So yeah. they're doing a good job. They are. Finals is coming up too, so that'll be unreal. Kids. There you go. Um, a lot of fun ball. One highlight for it. Did, you, did your mum come and visit you? Yes. How did that go? Well, there are lots of, lots of butterscotch snaps. Why she is did, that? Uh, now, is this an addition? Well, a of, she... well, yeah, well, a lot of mothers, you know, when they're going to meet their kids for a weekend, they usually take a pot roast or a you know, favourite cake that they made. But my mum's very different, Maxine. She... She likes a butterscotch snap. So a butterscotch uh, snap. It's an interesting yeah. choice. It's very interesting. She was, as you as you have seen on my uh, social media feed, so she starred because I like getting her inebriated. Uh, has she ever gone with the Monte Carlo? No. What is that? A, is snaps. It, what? It's a type of biscuit. Oh, oh, oh I love them. Scotch love finger? Them. Scotch, scotch finger. finger? Would she ever go yeah. with a scotch finger? Yeah, she'd go a uh, butterscotch snaps with a Monte Carlo first, but yeah, they're beautiful. What's the one with the jammy thing on it? Uh, Isn't that the Monte Carlo, the jam? No, Monte Carlo's in the middle. I'll do your homework, people. No. (laughs) What's the one with the jam? One, triple, three, five, four. What's the one? (laughs) What is the one with the jam? I don't know. Kids today, they don't pay attention. Didn't come here for this. Go to a break. (laughs) Tick tock, tick tock. Checking the latest online. It's Mick Talk. (laughs) Mick Talk. It's MGTOC. Because I'm so big on social media, I'm, I'm an influencer. Mm. Have I mentioned that ever? Yeah. On this show with 80,000. You've got 77. Well, that's close. You round it up. <laughs> no, that's you close. don't. You don't know anything about influencing. <laughs> You're right, that's, I don't. That's, but what, I don't. <laughs> that's what we do. 
I'll get it to eighty. I'll get it to eighty by the end of today's show. Mick Moy sixty six. Okay, there that's you, you know what. If you get it, first twenty three, get a, oh, a little. You've ruined it now. A little surprise, a little uh, fringe benefit. <laughs> you never talk about. I don't. No, I do. <laughs> hey, now, and this is where I have a look at social media and go, what's trending, what's tracking, yes. what's been booted up. Is that a term? No, I don't I'm think not so. Sure. No. Anyway, I'm all over it. So, and this is a big one. This is blown up uh, uh, on MikTok. Uh, people are coming to me from everywhere. <laughs> well, no, M&Ms have changed their mascots. So, you know, got the, the spokes candies, they're called. Yeah. So, so the, the, the M&Ms would, would talk. They were quite yeah. rude, I thought, for, for candy. Oh, I think that's quite clever. <laughs> I was telling someone off. Uh, but they've been boned in favour of uh, actress Maya Rudolph, who you'd know from Saturday Night Live, very, very funny, funny woman. But I don't know. I don't know what the uh, Triple M's did wrong. The yeah, they've they've been dropped. They've been featuring the ad since 1954. Wow. They underwent a makeover last year that hit a nerve among some right wing commentators. Oh, they're saying they're right wing. They're a bit Trumpy. <laughs> 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 they might they might storm. The, the the house. Well, oh, this is incredible. Uh, really, I mean, what? Who finds a fence into a talking lolly? The problem is, MG. It'll take one person to ring up and go. Oh, if I think they're leaning a bit to the right, those oh, nutbags, man. and and Eminem will have a conniption. We'll go home and have a, a convene a boardroom meeting oh, and discuss God. how they can avoid this. This is how Toey. Everyone is at the moment. But you can't silence the M&Ms, I would have thought. It'd be like silencing the Milky Bar Kid. I mean, the Milky Bar Kid is the Milky Bar Kid. Yeah. I need to hear him. Have you got some? The Milky Bars are on me. Yeah. Oh, how good. Nestle's Milky Bar. Yeah. <laughs> that kid grew up to be a serial killer. Yes, he did. <laughs> didn't. But this, this is the risk you take. He's the Milky Bar Kid. Sammy yeah. Stringer? Have you got a Sammy Stringer there? Bend me, shake me, anywhere you want me. String me, stretch me, anywhere you please. As long as you eat me, because I'm all natural cheese. Biggest Stringers. Fun way to eat cheese. Can I say something? That sounds a bit like masochistic or something. It does. You can find on one of those websites. He's asking for a fair bit of... Hey, <laughs> play that again and just remember this. Bend me, shake me any way you want me. Do it. Stretch me any way oh. you please. Yeah, as long as you eat me. Oh, I'm going to eat me. Enough of that. Oi. Uh, Birdie Beetle, what's he had to say about it? I mean, where, once you start, where do you stop? That's right. Fredo Frog, Blinky Bill, one for these oh. all. They'll all be having a meeting right now. You watch, Fredo will get cancelled soon. Fred will be cancelled. Yeah. I think Fredo's transitioning. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to be free, free to frog. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. <laughs> what have happened to the snap, cockle, and pop? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that... the monkey got woked. The monkey got woked. So you don't, yeah. the Cocoa Pops monkey. Yeah. I think they went, okay. nah, this is not a good look. Wow. Uh, there was something wrong with his accent or something. I think it was. Uh, Bit Latino or something. Was it? it wasn't. That's right. I think even Dora the Explorer's come under a bit of scrutiny because of that same thing. Leave the M&M spokes Don't. candies alone. Don't touch them. Gaia, he's over his head. What a try! Big Mark Gaia towering over him. MG Sport Report.
Well, whether you love him or loathe him, he is a fantastic tennis player. Loathe him. <laughs> Novak Djokovic created history last night, overcoming uh, Sitsipas in straight sets, 6-3, um, to win his 10th, I repeat, his 10th Australian Open. He equals Rafa Nadal with his 22nd Grand Slam, uh, and he's back to world, one, uh, world number one. Uh, extremely emotional after the after his win last night. And this is what he had to say in his, power, his press conference. There's a reason why I've, I've, I've played my best tennis throughout my career in Australia and on this court. Um, I just have to say this because only the team and the family knows uh, what we've been through in the last four or five weeks. And uh, this probably is the, I would say, biggest victory in my life, considering the circumstances. Now, Mickey and Kat, I suppose the debate goes to whether or not he will go down as the greatest of all time. I suppose in the conversation uh, is himself, Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer. Who would would your vote go to? Uh, Well, it's hard to say. I always thought because Federer and Nadal started earlier and used to take them off each other that maybe they'd been winged slightly in the conversation. However, uh, you've got to separate your dislike for the guy uh, with his ability to play tennis. And I don't know. At the, if you look at them all at the top of their game, it would be very hard to split. Yeah, that's a good point. I, and I think emotionally, yeah, we all look towards Federer and Rafa. But I think that once he finishes his career, um, Djokovic, that he'll be recognised as the greatest of all time. And one of the most controversial, I suppose, he'd be up there in the top three, along with Kyrgios and John McEnroe when he goes down in history as the, the top three you know, <laughs> most controversial players. But also um, on Saturday night, uh, Arena Sabalenka beat the Demons to um, win 4-6, 6-3, 6-4 in the ladies. And the men's doubles won as well, the Aussie boys who have never played... Right. Doubles before. So, great weekend. Tennis is over now, Mickey. Now we're only five weeks away from our footy seasons. That's it. We've got the uh, <laughs> the little stuff out of the way. Let's clear the decks and get into footy season. Then we'll get an argument going. Uh, what do you think? You, do you think he You – I was listening, but you think he will go down as the greatest? Yep. I think he will. I think he's going to win. Another, I think he win another one, two or three tournaments, uh, Grand Slams, that is, and I think he'll, he'll finish on about 24, um, and that'll be very, very hard to beat. Did his hammy hold up? Is it? Yeah, what hammy? Uh, what, he had nothing wrong with it. But no, I'm just, I'm just worried about his hammy and Michael Clark's hammy. They're the two hammies that I just, I can't help but ask well, about. You, I didn't... You, know, you know they come in three, so you'd be, you be careful when you walk down these stairs today. Oh, twang, that'll be me. <laughs> All right, great news. Pete's Hart is now the proud owner of the Guinness Book of World Records title for the world's largest pizza. After making one... On Jan 8, that spanned nearly 13,000 square metres in Los Angeles. Let's go to the news report. You're looking at what will be the world's largest pizza. To do this, it's going to take hundreds of people, 10,000 pounds of dough, 5,000 pounds of sauce, and 9,000 pounds of cheese. Did we get the record? Well, you are a brand new Guinness World Records. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's the munchies. Uh, the world's largest pizza, uh, 30,000 pounds of dough, 5,000 pounds of marinara sauce, and it was delivered directly to Matt Preston's house. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? It, it was created after someone pulled the world's biggest bong. Because <laughs> we all know they go together. Imagine look at the Uber driver's face. Okay, what do you got? Uh, hey, Pizza Hut. <laughs> What do you need me to deliver? This. 
Jesus! <laughs> on the semi-trailer, or a few. Have you seen the picture of it? Look it's at that. Amazing. It looks that like it's, a, it's covering a footy field, doesn't it? It looks like an entire football field. Um, you'd need a quick ease the size of a pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. I reckon after you've... <laughs> a frisbee. After you've done that, that is unbelievable. What a story. Also, and this is affecting my lifestyle, I can't afford to pay for that pizza. I also can't afford $12 schooners. Oh, um, this wow. is a story that's doing the rounds. This is the new cost of living squeeze. Um, basically, if you shop around town, you can't find a schooner for under under 12 bucks or thereabouts at the moment. And, of course, couple that with the very stable price of cigarettes at about $95 a packet. <laughs> is it worth <laughs> 70 uh, And cost of living uh, goes $10, $10 Devon. What is the world coming to? What what do we have to give up? I mean, is that affecting your lifestyle, MG? Well, I, I, with the price of beer going that high, I, I must confess, I am thinking about now trying to smuggle my own long necks into the, the pub with it in my trench coat just so I can just pour it into a schooner glass. It's 12 bucks a beer. I never thought I'd see the day. I remember when I started drinking at my local, at the Pine yeah. Tavern back in the late 80s, a schooner would set you back $1.20. I know, I know, and uh, cigarette. I remember saying I was going to give up smoking cigarettes when they got to five dollars a packet. I went, I can't sustain this. <laughs> I can't sustain this. But a beer, yeah, a a packet of cigarettes uh, and uh, and a beer now is well. You, you need like a, a first schooner buyer program, like a first home buyer <laughs> thing, don't you? Um, uh, you know what? I'm just going to have to spend more time on the animated greyhounds down at the pub. Trying to, <laughs> oh, what about them? Trying to win uh, enough money uh, to get it going. Uh, go down your local bolo. There you go. That's probably got the cheapest price on earth. $12 schooners, uh, pizzas the size of football ovals. I'm out of business. I really am. <laughs> This is going to cause major arguments around the water cooler, uh, at work, <laughs> in cars, around breakfast tables. And we're talking about Ben Simmons, uh, who, uh, how would you describe him? Our premier export basketball player. Is yeah. that a fair call? Uh, he's uh, no stranger to controversy. He's, uh, he's had a team change, not popular with fans, sometimes popular with fans. He's dated a Kardashian. He's now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a, it's a long, distinguished resume already. Uh, well, he's broken up with his fiancée and demanded the engagement ring back. And uh, this has polarised people, maybe down, mostly down gender lines. Uh, but Ben Simmons has sent ex-fiancée Maya Jammer a $1 million legal demand wow. to get the engagement ring back. Uh, as their separation begins to be messy. Now, firstly, uh, I'd like to make this point. I've seen him shoot, and I'm surprised he could even get the ring on the finger. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So, yes. so, so that's an ex absolute victory. Uh, the guy splashed out big coin uh, on a ring. Now, she, I should point out she's walked away from the relationship, so this yep. may be a colour, your interpretation of events. Uh, she's decided to go back and host Love Island, and if you're going to back to Love Island, you'd probably want to be single, uh, yeah. I would have thought. There'd be some um, going on, yeah. So he sent a legal letter. He wants it back. What are your thoughts, MG? Where do you stand on this one? 
Um, you, you're right about uh, Ben Simmons being polarising. I, I think it's horses for courses. I think, uh, look, I, when you're earning $36 million a year US and you give a, an engagement ring to the love of your life or you think it's going to be the love of your life worth 1.2 mil, I think, <clears> the, I think he's got to put that down to a bad investment. And oh, on. you're I unbelievable, would, MG. I wouldn't sue her. You, I wouldn't sue. Your turncoat. Your turncoat. <laughs> no, well, I would have thought, now, not that I... Uh, consider this to be my view, ladies. But let me just play devil's advocate for a moment. Oh my goodness! If you give a ring for a specific purpose, i.e., to be married, yeah. is that not a contract of some sort? And if you break the contract, if I said to you, uh, "Here, MG, I'm going to give you this car, but you have to mow my lawns for the next thirty years," and then you refuse to mow my lawns for the next thirty years, am I not entitled to get my freaking car back? Well, you know what? Firstly, I'd love to cut your grass. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say this too, by the way? I, I've had a great record in this department. I've had my girlfriend. No, my, listen, my, girls, my girlfriends in the past have always returned things I've given them, usually by throwing them out the window yeah. <laughs> and, le- and leaving them on the lawn. Let's hear from the girls. Where are we? Yes. A cat? What do you say? What do you say? It's a bad investment. He's proposed, what, within months of them being Thank together? You. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like, just think about it's just like investing in the stock market and yep. not doing oh, your research. Cold. Yeah, you am. are cold. I am so selling that ring. It's a transaction for you, is it? It is uh, a transaction for me. Should there be a cooling off period with the <laughs> engagement ring? Should you go be able to give an engagement ring and then take it back within a certain window of time? Is that an opportunity? Tash, you've gone quiet. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're in a, a failed oh. marriage now. <laughs> no, we're well, not. We're happy this way. Is week. it too late if you... <laughs> Morning, Glenny. Well... well <laughs> What say you on this issue? There could be a prenup. If there is a prenup, and I don't know if there is, that may have been stipulated, the engagement ring, in the prenup. My thoughts are if she's walked away from the relationship, I agree with MG and Kat, bad investment. He needs to suck it up. He's earning $36 million US dollars a year. I'd get it remade into a nice little necklace. Yeah, and that's $36 million without shooting a single three-pointer. That's so right. That's a bad investment from the Nets, if you oh, ask gee, me to. I'm seeing a very callous disregard from the girls here <laughs> really? on, on, on this particular matter. Well, I honestly, if... If you accept an engagement ring and then don't get married, what, I, I don't understand. Because it's, you've decided you don't want to. But what's he going to do? With but the but ring? it wasn't a. Hang on, hang on. But what, I'd give it to his next girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 if he hasn't had it engraved, or as he has, find another girl called Maya. <laughs> is how is how that one would work. One triple three five three. Get involved. We're not done with this. This is coming down on gender lines. Give the friggin' ring back. Or don't. One triple three five three. Celeste's on the line. Celeste, what do you think should happen? If she walks away, then she needs to give the ring back. If he walks away, then he gets. Uh, then she gets to keep it. I kind of feel I'm heading into your territory on this one. Otherwise, it just feels like a racket. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, otherwise, you could just go. Uh, you could wander around. You could get engaged five times in a year and make that your living. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, uh, for, for, for Ben Simmons, uh, thirty-six. Yeah. Benny Simmons earns thirty-six million dollars a year. He paid one point two million dollars for this ring. That's about what that's equivalent to us paying about a thousand for a, for a ring. Come on, get over it, Ben. Don't sue. You don't sue the the potential love of your life. Come on, man. I agree. Well, I don't. 
Why would why do you want to keep a ring that reminds you of a failed relationship? By the you, way, you would sell it for a mill. That's so. That's what it is now. So yep. it just becomes a pure monetary transaction. You can, yep. you could call it stealing in a way, couldn't you? Because because <laughs> you've said, oh, you know what? Yeah, of course I'll marry you. Of course I'll marry you. Give me the ring. Give me the ring. Ah, I'm not going to marry you. <laughs> ching ching. <laughs> Women are cold and heartless. Do you agree, Russell? I totally agree with that. Oh, <laughs> not, 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 not totally being cold and heartless, but just with the ring side of things. Because, All right. Um, I broke up with my now wife in our first engagement. And yeah. She gave, the wedding, my, she gave the engagement ring back. Uh, yeah. Because it, wasn't, it was a part of a marriage ceremony. You get the engagement ring, then you get the wedding ring. It's a whole part of the package. Doesn't matter how much you spend on it, it's the moral of the whole object of getting married. You get the engagement ring, you give it back if you're broken up. Well, I would have thought if she'd if she'd actually followed through and married you, which sounds like a bit of a hard ask, by the way, Russell. (laughs) 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 She might she might she might be deserving of some form of compensation. (laughs) Twenty one years later. Oh, oh great. good on you, mate. Uh, you're a superstar. Natasha, can I ask you, was there, what happened with Michael Clark? Oh, was, that was a famous situation, wasn't it? These are all allegations. If I throw in allegedly, oh. I think we're safe. There yeah. were reports, and Michael Clark has denied it, that when Michael Clark and Lara Bingle, Lara Bingle's now happily married to Sam Worthington and three children, but yep. when they were engaged, Michael Clark and Lara Bingle, that her engagement ring worth a reported $200,000 was flushed down the toilet. Of course, the couple denied it, but there were reports that plumbers were called to a Bondi apartment at 2.30am in the morning to find the missing <laughs> ring. Talk, talk about finding a golden nugget. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, who, who's, got, who's got the ring? Is it the best man or the plumber? I don't know. Angela's on the line. Angela, what do you think should happen? Hello, Nick. How um, are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, Are you married? Are you single? You're divorced? What's uh, your status? I've been disengaged and also sadly divorced. So I sorry to hear it. um, (laughs) But I can also tell you this from a a more historical perspective as well. Um, I really think in this instance we need more information. And in the event of a couple who are, uh, for example, if she, if the young lady decided that she no longer wanted to marry him, but she has no real reason for that. He is not to blame for this decision. Then yes. she, of course, should get. She should give the ring Keep back. The, yeah, yeah, yes. That's fine. But there's but, a big butt um, coming. I can feel. <laughs> I think there, might, there probably is. There is a very big butt here, and that is if he has done something to make her lose space in proceeding with the marriage. Oh, good point. (laughs) Then, unfortunately, he's going to have to suck it up and let her keep the ring because traditionally the ring is a lady's insurance. Um, So if marriage doesn't go, that ring is there to provide her with uh, sort of like compensation. Ah. Okay, so I think when you, you politely use the phrase losing faith, you mean he's been busted rooting around. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you raise a good point, because Reed immediately assumes she's broken it off for, for those yes. reasons that I just can't be bothered. But you're right. If he's been behaving poorly, contract mm. broken, uh, on your way, that uh, is extra food for thought. Well done, Angela. Thank you very much. Mark's on the line. Mark, what say you? 
Oh, mate, I would say, yeah, for him to get the ring back. I, that happened to me in the mid-90s. I got engaged to some, some bird, and um, <laughs> she, did the, she did the dirty on me. And I go, you know what, I want it back. She didn't want to give it back, and um, but I went to get it, and I got it, yeah. and I hocked it off. Uh, where'd you hock it? Oh, I was in town, you know. I've got a third of the price of what I paid for it, but that's, I think that's the <laughs> yeah, bad. You know, when that's you're hocking the, the engagement ring... When you're hocking the engagement ring at Cash Converters, you probably haven't spent a lot in the first place. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> good one, Mark. Hey. But good point. Okay, final word is going to go to a man who should know he's a professional jeweller. What is the etiquette when it comes to this? Thank you, Alex. G'day, how are you going? Yeah, Hello, good. Alex. What what you, you would have seen this a million times. You've probably had a returned no. engagement rings, repurposed engagement rings to you. Do you tell them when you get it? This is, you know, I hope you know what you're doing. What's the deal? Well, usually if the man's done something wrong, well, you know, bad luck, you've lost it. Uh, but yep. if the girl's gone off, um, I think it's the right thing to do for them to give it back. But in saying right. that, I've made I've made rings for a lot of people and it's even gone through divorce situations and the jewellery's been specified in the uh, assets and so on and so forth. So you've had to evaluate the jewellery once again and then uh, it gets divided up as it gets divided up however the court decides but also in the many of the rings that get returned um, they usually uh, sell it back and uh, upsize or whatever they want to do for their new partner um, and then on the other hand sometimes you get the girl calling back and saying oh look you know I really want the more expensive diamond if, if you don't tell him do you mind if I just pay the extra and you can give me the bigger diamond wow so, yeah. That's great. So what hey, can you I, do with that situation when she's paid for most of it? <laughs> can I ask you one more question? Sure. Uh, and I'm asking for an opinion here. If yep. this did go to court, Ben Simmons is saying if he doesn't get it back, he's going to take court action. Which way is the court likely to rule? Well, Judge they're not married. Judy, for instance. I don't think... I, I, I really don't know what happens, but, again, you don't know the situation, who's done what, and for what reason the uh, engagement's been stopped. But, All uh, right. Well, we, we can only speculate, which we've done, um, and we'll see what happens in due course. Uh, thanks to all our callers today. Will Anderson, we're really excited about this because Will is actually our very first featured guest. I know we've talked to a couple of people on the phone, but we thought, who would be a great first guest for Mick and MG in the morning? And we, we settled on Will Anderson because he's just one of the great comics of the country. He's got a new show up called Illuminate. The great Will Anderson. Yay. Will, how are you? I believe you're I... on an island and we're talking to you on a coconut phone. What's happening? <laughs> I, so, I am so sorry. I was meant to get up early this morning and attach the long piece of string to the tin can that Triple M sent me, but <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to do that, so I apologise. Mate, we welcome to the show and I meant that. We, we were so excited to have you on the show as our first featured guest for, for, for the year at least, so welcome aboard and uh, thank you for coming on. Tell us about your new well, show, well, Will. Well, thank you. It's obviously got off to the flying start that you're famous for. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone absolutely beautifully. Yeah, <laughs> well, really, yeah. Really fallen at the first hurdle there, so I'm glad to be. I'm essentially the Anzac soldier that you've sent out as a British <laughs> serviceman and I've just yeah. had to run straight into the gunfire on the first morning. <laughs> There'll be a march for you one day a year as the very first guest on Mick and MG. Well, the good news is, mate, you're uh, in this post-COVID world we live in. You're back out and about and you're doing your stuff. Uh, tell us about your return to the stage, please, in 2023. 
So I'm, I'm currently doing my What You Talking About Will shows, Mick, which, you know, are my completely <laughs> improvised shows where I just talk to the audience and make it all up on the spot. I love and that show. I was in Newcastle the other night doing the show. There's three fellas about our age in the front row, and I'm talking mm. to them, and I just want to know where I know where the other halves are. If the other halves are still in the picture, yeah. are they, why aren't the other halves at the show? And I'm talking to this guy in the corner, Joe. He's in construction, and you know he's killed at least three or four blokes, right? <laughs> Total tough guy. Went into construction because he was already digging holes. This is the guy yeah. we're talking yeah. to. You know, he needed yes. to buy some cement to cover it up and thought, maybe this is my profession as well. This will be my sidekick. So yes. I say to Love Joe, it. I say, what about the missus? Where's she? And he said, well, she actually really wanted to come to the show, but she said she would only come to the show if his mate next to him, his wife, came as well. And so wow. I asked him, and I said, where's your wife? And she said, no, my wife hates you more than anyone else on the planet. <laughs> We've been together for 35 years. She's hated you for 25 of those years. Oh and that's only God. because she didn't know about you for the first five. <laughs> but what I love about wow. this the most is, I'm like, but mate, why did you hold on to me? Like, surely if you're in a relationship, yeah. like, I'm not that good. There are other comedians available. Adam Hills is basically the same thing, right? <laughs> like, he could have gone to someone that she liked, but for 25 years, he's held on to, like, being a fan of me while yeah. the whole time it's just made her completely irrationally <laughs> mad. And then suddenly I realised, this is not about me. This is about their relationship, right? <laughs> this is a power play by him of going, I'm just going to rub this in the face. And so yeah. I say to him, I say, mate, why didn't you just, like, leave? And he goes, mate, there's kids. I was like, I didn't mean leave her. I meant leave me for her. I don't want you or your kids. I don't want to be involved in this. Mate, this hey, is incredible. Do you know what this is? He just wanted a night out without her, I reckon. Oh, and this yeah. is the best bet in town. <laughs> Hey, hey, can you hang on the line, mate? Um, uh, we're going to try and work out these grumblings, but I've got more to talk to you about, including I want to give everyone the dates for your new show, oh, Illuminate. Yeah. I wanted to. I want you to tell our listeners, Will, all about the the greatest or the wildest conspiracy theory that you've ever heard involving Mick Jagger and Michael Jackson. Okay, so this is an absolutely true story. I was watching um, <laughs> Fox News, and there was this old woman at a QAnon rally, and she said, you're not going to believe this. And, and she goes, even I think this is a bit silly. And I already knew that I wanted to watch what she was going to say <laughs> because normally they don't have that level of self-awareness. Normally they think they're telling the absolute truth. But she said the other night, at a Rolling Stones concert, Prince and Michael Jackson came back to life and Michael Jackson entered the body of Mick Jagger and Prince entered the body of uh, Keith Richards and played the greatest guitar solo of all time and like, and, and Mick Jagger moonwalked on stage and there's this, all this evidence of this happening. Now, now I, I know that's not true because I like. Of course, we would all love to see Prince in the body of, like you know. Can you imagine, like, like playing the greatest guitar solo you've ever seen in your entire life with Keith Richards' old fingers? But there is no way that Michael Jackson would enter the body of an age-appropriate man. So that does not check out. Okay, this woman has clearly been standing too close to a 5G tower for, for some time now. Uh, that's logical, ABC iView, check it out. Um, you mentioned your improvised shows. Now, I saw your improvised show in uh, Adelaide Festival, and it's still, to this day, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I couldn't believe you were making it all up. 
But you also are about to hit the road uh, with Walluminate, uh, which is a big bastard tour going around Australia. We've got these dates on our website. Are you, are you match fit? Are you ready to go? Because you, you, you bite off big venues here. You're at uh, the Enmore Theatre, the Gardens of Unearthly Delights. Uh, well, there's no point plugging that, is it? We're only in Sydney. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you, Nick. I'm, I'm warming up into it. So I had a bit of you know, time off after the last tour, and then yeah. summer is, you know, pre-season. You know, you know every joke <laughs> yes. looks good in pre-season, you know. They, yeah. They're all training the house down. You're training they the all, house down. They all look brilliant in your bedroom, you know. Never yeah, been yeah. better. Never oh, never yeah. had a better riding period. But yeah. you've got to actually get them out there on the field to see how they go in the pressure of the bright light. So <laughs> I'm not sure yet. No, I know we'll how see, you feel. Here's what I would tell you. I got heckled in public the other day. This is a true story. Like mm. not not for comedy. I am yeah. pulled up at the traffic lights outside Bondi uh, Westfield, um, and uh, I am like I, I'm about to turn like to go straight in lane. There is a guy in the right lane next to me. We're both going in the same direction. He is one back in a taxi, and I can tell that he's trying to signal <laughs> to me. And I'm like, mate, maybe I've got a flat tire or something. So I wind down my window. I look back over my shoulder. He yells across his car out his window to me. People who drive that brand of car are the worst drivers in the entire world. And so I now have to, like, I'm like, what am I doing? And I wish that I could, like, give him the finger or something, but I am holding yeah. a chocolate billabong. <laughs> Which is really undermining the authority that I'm trying to convey yeah. in this situation. And so oh now God. I almost spill my billabong. And while I'm almost spilling my billabong, I miss the lights and the person behind me starts beeping at me and the taxi driver just looks at me like, see, I told you. That is hilarious. <laughs> The chocolate billabong. The curse of the chocolate billabong. That's not my fault. You could call your next show Willabong. <laughs> and make it all about the chocolate billabong story. Hey, mate, thank you for swinging Nick, by today. Just, just for the record, mate, if I did a show called Willabong, it wouldn't all be about ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Pizzas, cheese, cheese, cheese balls. I, I know you too well, Will. I know exactly what it would be about. You, sir, are at the Enmore Theatre uh, in May. Check out the dates. Check out our website. Get on board. Go along and see one of the best in the business. Uh, we'll illuminate after 25 years, 30 years, 25 if you're that couple from Newcastle. <laughs> uh, my favourite story of the day so far. Good on you, Will. Thank you, boys. Sport Report. Yeah, he's just waking up. Um, the tennis open, Australian Open last night. Uh, Novak Djokovic prevailed um, for his 10th Aussie Open. 22nd Grand Slam. He now uh, equals Rafa. Um, back to back. Um, now he's number one in the world. He won 6 3, 7 6, 7 6. Very, very emotional. Um, and the, the conversation will now begin. Is he the greatest of all time? Earlier this morning, we spoke about it, and we probably all agreed that he's probably he'll go down history as the best. And another story can't see anyone can, can't see anyone beating him in the in the near future either. MG, no, Mickey, no, mate. I, I think that what he's gone through in the last couple of years, you know, with he's been deported and stuff, and I think the way he's got that mental capacity just to play tennis, so I think I think he'll get a couple more under his belt. So he's going to be the man to beat. Okay, but. 
There is a big, big thing happening in America as we speak because the conference championship finals are on. Philadelphia Eagles are taking on San Francisco 49ers. Big game. The Philadelphia police will grease light poles in the city street in a bid to stop fans from climbing them. Okay. They're notorious Philadelphia Eagles fans for poor <laughs> yes. behaviour. They, they, they're still rebuilding the city after their 2018 Super Bowl win. Let's have a listen to a news report uh, detailing uh, the steps being taken. We bring you the iconic image of the morning, the greased pole. Oh, boy. Police in Philadelphia have been uh, using vats of Crisco. I believe so. And (laughs) rubbing it on poles in downtown Philly to try to prevent fans from climbing the pole. Uh, I'm not quite sure it's going to deter them if they win this game. Pretty crazy, yes. It won't deter them. They won't see it as a deterrent. They'll see it as a challenge if I know the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles fans. Personally, I'm I'm old school. I'm more a fan of just setting cars on fire and turning them over. I think that's a better way. What is that to, in America? To support. What is that well, it's they really do. It's not just particular to America. If you saw Argentina having won the World Cup, they were climbing anything yeah. uh, that they could get their hands on, and that had to be called off. The most famous bad fan behaviour actually involved players. I think when Italy won the World Cup. The Italian players were allowed to do whatever they wanted. They basically walk into a restaurant and, eat and not pay a bill. They could walk into a hotel and not have to pay the bill. And it went on for two weeks until one of the players fell out of a hotel, a, a hotel balcony and the government stepped in and had to call no. it off. Uh, can I tell you one from uh, the – you know I'm a, a Richmond fan when it comes yeah. to AFL and we won our first premiership in 2017 in a long, long time. All the fans are uh, overjoyed, head down to Swan Street, and they were climbing poles. Uh, you know, the, they couldn't get into venues, right, because the, the pubs were so full. They were six deep, queued up. Fans couldn't get anywhere. So they went to the local Liquorland store and started treating it like a venue. Like, just started <laughs> opening stuff uh, and pulling stuff out of the fridges. And our theme song, of course, is, oh, we're from Tigerland. That's a famous theme song. Yeah. Anyway, the cops were called, and as the cops were dragging them away, they were singing, oh, we're from Liquorland. <laughs> I find it beauty, we're from Liquorland. <laughs> uh, it made me laugh. MG, you'd have no shortage of stories in this oh. department with fans over the years. Well, the most passionate fans, Mickey, are, I think, at, uh, are in Queensland for around origin time when you go yeah. down a place called the Caxton Road uh, with the Caxton oh, Pub. Oh, yes. Even I, I know about time, this. Yeah, the first time I played origin was 80, 1989. And as we're driving to the game, um, a couple of the older players say, brace yourself for this. I said, what? And they said, and all of a sudden, for about five k's out, you can hear this buzz, like, mmm, it's getting louder. And all of a sudden, you, <laughs> you see it on the horizon, you're about to drive through it, and it's just a sea of maroon. And when they recognise that it's the New South Wales bus coming towards them, they start throwing cans at the bus, they start rocking the bus, <laughs> they start throwing, and they're full cans. That's how stupid the Queenslanders are. Drink it first, then throw it. <laughs> no wonder there's a bus driver shortage. <laughs> I never... No one wants to go with that. Um, oh. That's a great story. And what about, did you ever get approached oh. by a fan yourself? Okay, so 1990, I'm playing against the Western Suburbs Magpies at, uh, I think it was Arana Park down in Campbelltown, mm. and um, as I, I got sent off in that game for being a little bit Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, yeah, not the first okay. time. <laughs> but as I'm walking towards the tunnel to go to the dressing room uh, where I was banished to, out of nowhere, this bloke hit, leant over the railing and hit me over the head with a, an umbrella. 
So I said, stuff this. I chased the bloke up the grandstand. In the middle of the game, you've got 12,000 people. <laughs> Next minute, my dad said, what's going on? I said, that bloke there hit me over the head with an umbrella. So my dad's chasing him. I'm with my steel studs going, he did have a bad case of white wine fever, my friend. Oh, he had the worst case. <laughs> Max is on the line. Uh, Max, bad fan behaviour. What is it? Yeah, good out, boys. Um, look, what about uh, Parramatta at 81, burning down their entire stadium? That's got yeah. to take the cake. Oh, well, that, was, that was amazing. And then why did they do that? Fill me in. Well, you know I don't know much about this. Well, look... Um, I'm a Parramatta supporter as well, and they, they broke the drought that year. And actually, MG, my old man was actually playing for Parramatta in that final, and I believe he might have played with you a little bit at Penrith later in his career, Mike Lands, 85. Oh, wow. Is that your yeah. dad? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I did. So, I played with Mickey. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So, so they, they, burnt, they burnt the stadium to the ground, which seems like a fair response to a big win, <laughs> I would have thought. It's, that's not out of proportion. And, and I think well, that uh, they had to carry them to the, the Parramatta Leagues Club because the bus couldn't get them there. They had to sort of, you know, carry them over the fans, um, you know, like like sort of ants by an ant bridge, you know, into the Parramatta Leagues Club. And then when they got there, the uh, Leagues Club owner was so joyous that he said, free drinks for life. Anyone who played today? <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, and we'll hold him to his word. Hey, Edgy, stay on the line. We, we're going to come back and do some more of this. Edgy's on the line. Edgy, you've got an example of bad fan behaviour. I do, Mick. Good morning. Um, it must have been about 20 years ago now. I won a competition to some free tickets to the cricket. Yep. Um, <laughs> went to see South Africa versus Australia at the SCG. Yep. Uh, at the time, there was a tall, lanky spinner for the South Africans, his name was Simcox. Yep, Paddy Simcox. Anyway, yep. we were about the fair way into the game, was getting a bit rowdy, and next thing you know, there's a bit of a kerfuffle down on the boundary, yep. and um, Simcox has been hitting the back of the head with a barbecue chook. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and take my money. It wasn't long after that they um, banned full-strength alcohol at the SCGs. <laughs> Well, now, you guys, while we're talking the famous SCG, oh. I have a story. Is, I remember a story hearing this. Can you fill in the blanks, please, MG? Was someone took a piss off the roof? Last year. Of, yeah, it was of last the year. SCG. What, what was the occasion? The Wallabies were playing, and I'm not sure who they were playing, um, but Eddie Jones has got more dramas than on field because he's got to worry about it, the fans who's, who, who all of a sudden they're in the corporate box. They find yeah. their way up on top of the grandstand on the on the western side and, and start to do a leak all over the top of the <laughs> the top of the grandstand which was watched by over millions of people. Well, it's a it's a, probably a statement on where the wallabies are. That's right now. The SCG's been the scene remember the the guy released the pig for plugger? Yes. Oh, Swans yes. were playing and all of a sudden there's a there's a roar. No, number four. And there's a pig with plugger written on it being <laughs> chased around the field. One of my favourites, I have to say, uh, involves the golf of all places, which is very, usually very serene and polite. But uh, John Daly won a major. Oh. He's standing on the 18th green kissing his wife. And we've got a photo. We'll post this on our socials. A naked guy runs out onto the green, and on his back he's written 19th hole with an arrow pointing to his ass. <laughs> Now, I don't care where you are. That is uh, bad behaviour uh, as good as it gets. Um, my, my other one, just before we, we go to a break, was, was Everton versus Liverpool. And I think, so it wasn't Everton versus Liverpool. Liverpool were involved in the UEFA Cup final. 
her Everton fans, because there's a notorious rivalry between those two yeah. uh, that's epic, and the Everton fans set up a fake website that offered tour groups tickets to the final and accommodation and posted it on a website, and all these Liverpool fans signed up and gave their money and were oh. waiting for the bus to pick them up, and it never came. And when oh, they investigated, they found out it had been a bunch of Everton fans <laughs> who had just... <laughs> I mean, I'm all that's, for razzing the opposition, yeah. but... <laughs> that's next level. <laughs> that is next level stuff. We are done and dusted for another day. Uh, great stuff. Thanks, Will Anderson, for coming on. Uh, thanks to all our callers. Big show tomorrow. John Bertrand is going to be our special guest uh, on the program. He's also our special guest on the front bar, uh, National Edition All Sports, this Wednesday night, because we're going to do a one-hour deep dive on one of the greatest days of Australian sporting history. In fact, oh, yeah. I would argue, I can't think, maybe Cathy Freeman winning yeah. at the 2000 Olympics, but otherwise, I think the biggest sporting event uh, this country's ever seen may have been our win in the America's Cup. He, of course, was the skipper, and uh, there's so much ground to cover. There was a prime minister telling everyone not to go to work. <laughs> there, there was uh, winged keels. There's so much going on. And also, just before we go, I want to draw your attention. If you're watching Australian Idol tonight on Channel 7, you'll see a promo we've done for our show. I'm not going to say anything about it. It may be a talking point, and it may... <laughs> Have something to do with a very topical recent events in in a Noosa Park. I can't oh say. My God. I don't know what's going on, but you'll just have to have a look and see what's going on. Uh, but anyway, that John Bertrand tomorrow. Very excited. What else is on the show tomorrow, Cat? <laughs> Mick, it's a moving feature. Hello. We don't know Hello. what's happening you, after the song. Are you kidding me? Why would I know what's happening tomorrow? We've got you, don't even know, you don't even know what happened today. We have to go back. What, what we have here is like a black box recording. Yeah. And we go and we listen back to the show and work out what's going on. I reckon uh, we might need to locate your mum. I've heard a, an interesting story yes. about UMG, and I need it confirmed. And I, we're going to discuss we'll, that on the program. We'll get the, we'll get mum on the line. Plus, I think we'll be speaking a lot about uh, people cl uh, climbing greased poles in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Nick Malloy, MG in the morning.